Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. Today, folks, is a big episode because Abigail Shapiro is on the show. Abigail is a sweetheart. She came in. We did Skype over. Um, she's coming in from Florida over Skype and whatnot, too, because, you know, we can't do anything in person anymore because COVID is a bitch. But Abigail's coming in and whatnot. And if you guys don't recognize the name, you should because, I mean, she played Cindy Lou in The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. And also, of course, as well, she did Dorothy in Doom Patrol Season 2. Now, as of this recording, though, we only have episodes one through six available to watch. So we didn't talk anything spoilerific too much, I want to say. But obviously, we're not going to be talking about episodes seven through nine or anything like that, too. So if you're expecting spoilers in that sense, sorry, folks. But if you're listening to this after all the episodes premiered, hopefully you guys still enjoy it. We talk about, of course, playing Dorothy on Doom Patrol, you know, going behind the scenes of it and whatnot. Learn about Abigail a little bit more and... Just having a real genuine conversation with her, and it was a blast. You know, we got to talk geek out about theater, which I don't often get to do on the show, as I mentioned in the show. And, you know, because theater worker myself, believe it or not, and theater actor, you know, it's it was a blast. It was a complete blast and whatnot. You know, we go behind the scenes more of acting on Doom Patrol, you know, the prosthetic makeup and such like that, too. Just so much fun. So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode, and if you want to stay in touch on social media, you can follow me at DakotaMorgan3 on Twitter. Or on Instagram at Dakota underscore Morgan 97 on Instagram. And of course, folks, it really helps if you subscribe. Uh, you get, I mean, it's free episodes, so it's, eh, you know, the least you can do is subscribe, right? New episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and ComicChronicle.Podbean.com. So without further ado, folks, I'm going to quit my rambling here because I can't wait to give you guys this fun little talk I had with Abigail. And thanks for tuning in, of course, as always. Because you guys rock. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. And without further ado, here is my talk with Abigail. Now, Abigail, I like to start this with everybody on the show because a man of respect, of integrity, one might say. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. And it must be a fascinating time to be you right now. I, I got to really say, like, it's got to be really fun. Like, we, as we just talked about, it's got to be really fun, but then also really crazy in the same sense. Yeah, definitely. It definitely is. Yeah. What have you been up to in quarantine, though? I mean, like, because it's everybody's questions like, what? what is Abigail doing in quarantine? She's got a hit TV show going on right now. What have you been up to? Just kind of relaxing at home? Yeah, I'm actually in Florida with my family right now. So I've been oh. spending time with them. I'm great. Like I said earlier, I'm grateful to be in the situation I'm in because I know a lot of people are struggling right now. So yeah. it is true. It is true. And it is. It's an interesting time, to say the least. It really is. And I have to I have to admit something on the podcast, though. And I want to get, get on recording and whatnot, because you and I are both actually theater kids. <gasps> Yay! Yes. Yeah, I was, like, thinking, like, when they told me, like, oh, Abigail did theater, I'm like, oh, my God, really? Yes! <laughs> That's amazing, because I don't often get anybody on who's ever done theater before, so I never get to talk about it at all. Yes, Theater, I love theater. Theater will always be in some place in my heart. Oh, it, it never goes away. They're like, well, what, what's one thing you want to do? Like, when I retire, maybe I'll own my own theater one day. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But what did you start doing in theater first? Like, how old were you when you first started, actually? Um, well, I first started performing when I was about six years old. I was, like, a singer. Wow. Um, so... I was in this all-girls performing group called Entertainment Review, and we would perform all across the state of Florida. Um, so that's how I got started in the business. And then 
I went on my first professional audition when I was 12 years old and booked the role of Cindy Lou Who in How the Grinch Stole Christmas at Madison Square Garden. Um, and at the same time, this is a cool story, but my sister got the role of Matilda in Matilda the Musical on Broadway, and we auditioned oh the same God. exact day for those shows for both of those parts, and we ended up both booking them, and it was like our first audition, which is so cool. Um, wow. I'm yeah. floored. <laughs> oh, my God, because it's so cool, and that... That honestly throws everything I've done in theater out of the water. Like, I love doing Brelby and shout out to all of, I know they're all listening, is I, I love you all and stuff like that. But Mike, I, you started strong. Like, you went, you went, came in and just like, yeah, Cindy Lou. Like, what? And then your sister being Matilda and such as well, too. Like, that's. Yeah, it was definitely like right time, right place kind of deal. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so grateful for those experiences. And ever since then, um, I moved to New York and. I've been pursuing a career in theater mostly and acting, and I took a break for a while to go to school. And yeah, now I, I really love the film television world a lot. And Doom Patrol was my first film gig, well, TV mm. gig. And um, I I fell in love with working on camera. How so was the transition for you? Like, was it easy? Because for me, I. Because I work in comics, film, podcasts, and uh, day jobs at like a, now a vet clinic. Um, what was it easy for you? Because when I went from theater to film, it was kind of difficult, but then kind of, I was gonna, I don't wanna say easier, but yeah. it seemed kind of easier and such. I, well, everything on camera, since like your close ups are your whole entire face filling up the screen, mm. you have to make everything like a lot smaller. So, Everything's much more like internalized where theater's much more like physical um, because yeah. you're like preparing to the back row usually, depending on what kind of theater you are in. Um, so it wasn't too difficult of a transition. I, I had a lot of like training and stuff that I'm grateful for. So I think that training really helped me transition. Very nice. Very nice. And I often joke and it's like, you know what, folks, when you do from theater to film or television, you know, the, the easiest thing to always do is, you know what, you can redo the lines. In theater, you can't redo the lines. If you mess up, you better keep going. You got to, like, figure it out on the spot if you oh, mess yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you better hope your partner on stage or partners is doing a good, like, they improv with you well. Because if not, you in trouble. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh. Kind of on theater, though. Did you catch Hamilton on Disney Plus? I, yeah, I saw it uh clips of it i haven't watched the full thing yet i actually got to see the show in new york when it was off broadway oh, oh you lucky like when it was in previews off broadway like a long long time ago and like it was before it was like a huge deal so really? that was cool to be able to see it then before it blew up oh you're the og classic then you're just like i've oh i've known hamilton you peasants get out of here like i knew beforehand <laughs> Yeah, oh, it was such a good show when I saw it. I was so impressed. Good, yeah. Um, yeah, I was doing a show off-Broadway at the time, and theater, I was at Theater 80, was kind of close to the public. Mm. So it was it was cool to be able to be in the same kind of area as Hamilton. Oh, yeah. You're <laughs> just like, I feel the creativity. I feel the Hamilton. Oh, that sounds bad. I feel <laughs> And yeah. <laughs> yeah, like oh, the creativity vibes are nuts. When you get them on, 
I tell people often is when you're like I, when I'm working in a comic book industry, I get to work at home and whatnot, or maybe I have a meeting somewhere. But when I work in film, it's the creativity vibes, I think, and maybe you can vouch for this, is when you're on set or you're on stage, there's nothing like it because the creativity, the happiness from everybody on on stage and set, it's something you cannot really find in a lot of other places. I mean, you can probably find it if you go to a room full of puppies. Yes. Mm-hmm. But if you like just sit around like on set and stage, there's something about it that makes it really special. What do you think about that? Like, is it true? Am I wrong or am I crazy? Yeah, it's definitely true. And I just love the whole collaboration aspect of the arts and storytelling because there's so many people there. There's in film, there's like the sound people, the lighting people, the director, the assistant directors, the grips, the, it goes on and on and on. And all of these people work together to create so, a story and yeah. tell a story. Yeah. The actor is just one tiny, tiny part of it. So, um, I just have a huge appreciation for every single person on a film set or um, working in theater because every single person is creative in some way and they're contributing and putting their hearts into the story. Dorothy, I know you're kind of, you're younger than me. I'm 23, but always <laughs> keep that. Never lose that. It's beautiful to have. that. I mean, how old are you currently now, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 20. I just turned 20 about a month ago. You're, t- you're 20. Okay, so you're not that younger than me. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm sorry, making it sound like I'm an old man. Like, yes, you know, the old man in the 20. No. I play an 11-year-old, so I get I get it. <laughs> How many? I, I figured you were 18, 19 and whatnot. I'm like, let me just save it for the show. I don't want to, I feel, I really, I know it's one of those things like, oh, you're supposed to Google the people. I, I, I hate Googling. I just like talking to people, you know? It's that yeah. thing like that. Maybe I'm old school, I guess. I don't know. Also, Google has me mixed up with like a different Abigail Shapiro, so it, it's like really confusing. Really? <laughs> yeah. So like a lot of this, if you like look up my name, like there's like a lot of stuff that comes up that's like not me. It's it's funny. Oh, I'm Google. jealous. I'm jealous because <laughs> all I get is Dakota Fanning instead of Dakota Morgan. Like I type in Dakota Morgan because a friend of mine did it once. We were uh, because actually my last day at the zoo, I used to work at a zoo too for animal conservation and stuff. Um, fucking heads and many hats. But we were at lunch one time. They're like, hey, let's Google you and see what happens. And, All right, why not? And, of course, some stuff came up with the comic book, some stuff with the podcast. Number one thing on there says, did you mean Dakota Fanning? Oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, damn That's it. That's so funny. <laughs> I could never win. And she's got a new TV show coming out. So it's one of those, like, you know what? She she wins the, the Dakota game. <laughs> oh, she wins. Man. <laughs> but, yeah, so how – what was it that got you to play – Dorothy, though, because that had to be an interesting audition. They're like, okay, we want you to play someone younger. Like, did you go back to Cindy Lou times? Because I'm curious, because I've never played anyone younger, always older or my age. Yeah, I always play someone younger because I just, I'm so small and I look really young for my age. So I'm, I'm kind of used to it. Um, but when I, I actually have a really cool audition story. So the day before I auditioned, one of my friends, friends was telling me about the show and he was like you gotta watch this show it's called doom patrol and i was like maybe i'll watch it at some point i don't know and then the next day i got an email for the self-tape and i was like oh interesting and then um i just sent in a self-tape i didn't really think i would get the role or anything because i was in school at the time mm-hmm. so i was like kind of taking a break um but i was like i'll just audition for this and i mean it's a really cool role and i'll 
see what happens. I probably won't get it. And then um, a few days later, I was like, what is this show that I just auditioned for? So I looked up the trailer. And as I was watching the trailer, I got the email for the callback. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, and then, wow. And then the callback went really well. Um, I... It's so funny. Like, as an actor, whenever you go to a callback, you walk in the room, and all the other girls in the waiting room look exactly like you. It's It's true. And we were all wearing the same things. We were all wearing, like, overalls. So that that was funny. And then um, callback went well. And then when I got the role, I was cafe called Argo T and my agent called me and she was like they want you to play Dorothy Spinner in Doom Patrol and then I turn around and I see a poster of Diane Guerrero on the wall and I was like oh my god it's a sign so I just immediately said yes Hey folks, Dakota here with a little bit of an ad break, but this is one you definitely want to listen to if you guys are comic fan, which you are if you're listening to the show. You guys like comics and you like reading them in person. Well, let me tell you, go to Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. This is not just a hype thing for this ad, let me tell you. I've been going there for years. I've had Cam Brown on the show all the time. Such a good guy. It's such a good community. Everyone who works there, they know you. They, you get your box number. You get your thing. You get all you need to do there. You get your collectible toys, car, whatever it may be. Comics, it's all there for you guys. That's Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. Here's the address, 5801 West Glendale Avenue, Glendale, Arizona, in downtown Glendale. And if you guys want to visit them, you can visit them draw, drawn to comics.com or find them on social media and the number 623 I know you give them a call. Definitely, guys. I love going to the store. And this is not a fucking lie. I love going. It's so amazing. Thanks, everyone. And hopefully you guys check them out if you're in Arizona or maybe passing through. Remember, guys, draw on the comics. Go check it out for your books. Reading books in person is so much better than digital. But I love digital, too. So it's a little bit of a toss-up. Support brick-and-mortar companies. We definitely need you to. Thanks, everyone. And now, without further ado, I'm going to take it back to future me. Wow. <laughs> That was like the the world and universe is telling you, Abigail, Doom Patrol. And you're like, maybe, I don't know. Like, and it's like, no, it's in your face. Like, come on, you're doing it. And I'm like, eh. Yeah, for real. <laughs> oh, it's just like, there was the universe telltaling signs right there. And that, you got, you got it, though. And, I mean, what? We're only six episodes in right now. And, I mean, I love Doom Patrol beforehand. And you came into the show and I'm like, oh, my God, this is a new type of flair going on here. And also, I feel for you because one of the things I do in film is SFX art, makeup, and stuff like that. And I look and I, I feel so bad for Abigail because she must have sat in the chair for like nine hours a day, just sitting there, just like, okay, jamming out to music or whatever in the trailer because that looks like a lot of makeup. Yeah, it took about, in the beginning, it was three hours, but then we got it down to two hours. Um, at the end of filming, we got it down to an hour 45 one day, wow. record. Which was really cool, um, but it was it was such a cool process, and I honestly felt honored to be like a canvas for these makeup artists to do their art on, and um, I I just gained a whole new appreciation for prosthetic makeup, um, and I learned so much about it because I was just sitting there in the chair every day, like watching Derek Garcia and Eric Garcia, the, the iconic twin duo that do my makeup. Um, do their art on my face every day so like they're so good at what they do um so talented um and everyone who designed it too was incredible like we went through a series of makeup tests in the beginning for like about a week or something and it was just really interesting to see how the prosthetics transformed like there are different versions 
of the makeup. One was more like animalistic, one was more human, and we we kind of felt like somewhere like in between, I guess. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And you know, that can really prep you because that what was it? A friend of mine told me who does creature acting. He's played um it was Carl Winger. Or not Carl, uh Carl something. I'm drawing a blank on his name. He's gonna kill me for drawing a blank on his last name, but it's Carl. And he played Godzilla in the 98 movie in the suit. He's done werewolves and stuff like that, too. And he used to just be an actor, actor, like, well, not actor, actor, but like on camera, just playing like a role as a cashier or something. And he told me this once. He's like, Dakota, whenever you do this, you do makeup and stuff like that or prosthetics and you play a role with it. It opens up so many more doors for you. Like, really? He's like, yeah, stay tuned for that, because I think Abigail, who knows what you can play now, like. Maybe they're like, okay, you have a full body suit now. Like, oh. <laughs> that would be a lot. <laughs> yeah, that would be just fair warning on that one. Make sure you breathe <laughs> if you do do that. Mm. Oh. But yeah, that, that looks like so much fun. And I'm going to go on record and say this. Doom Patrol looks like the most fun TV show to ever film. I agree. I definitely agree. I, I don't have much to compare it to because I haven't done any other TV gig, but it's like, I'm so like, thankful that this is my first TV gig ever because like, honestly, I've checked off like so many things on like my actor bucket list. Mm. Oh, but yeah, that's true. You could in this one. Yeah. Yeah, I got to like fly in episode four. Spoiler mm. alert for people who haven't seen that and sing, which was really cool. Um, I got to do like a few stunts and like it was it was so cool just wearing full face prosthetics like that's kind of an actor's dream to be able to really really transform yourself for this character yeah that, and it's like you feel more and developed and um when i had to do a zombie role for a thing it was for a commercial shoot and then it turned into like this whole other thing but we, I honestly feel like when you have prosthetic makeups on and such like that, or any like heavy duty makeup or it transforms you to something almost inhuman, it almost helps with your acting. Yeah, you know, I definitely feel more into it. Mm-hmm, definitely. The only problem I had was it with it was the fake getting used to the fake teeth because I wouldn't oh. teeth, and I also had to do the British accent, so I was so nervous, <laughs> and I worked so hard on it. Um, I had like. About like a week to get used to it, so I just wore the fake teeth like walking around the hotel I was staying at like throughout wow. the day. Um, and I try to just speak in a British accent like all day long to just get used to the speaking with the teeth. And the prosthetics have like a fake lip too, so mm. that was like, a little difficult to get used to at first. Um, but by the end of filming, like, it honestly wasn't a problem. I, I know I had, like, a lot of, like, skin issues in the beginning um, because, like, wearing that on your face every day can, it's kind of inevitable. But, like, I'm so grateful for, like, the makeup artists because they really helped me find the right skincare routine and the right products. So by the end of filming, I had, like, no trouble at all. And it was just, like, almost like getting regular makeup done in a way because I was just so used to it. Oh, that sounds like a blast. Did you have any makeup, though, on you for, forgive my anti, well, not anti, but forgive my lack of theater knowledge in some productions. When you were playing Cindy Lou, did you have any makeup on then, or was it yeah. for the Baker Who? Yeah, I, it wasn't, I didn't wear any prosthetic makeup, but I just had, like, really, really, really red cheeks, like, circle red, and then I had, like, this, like, eyeliner thing. Um, not a lot, because I was a little kid. 
but just it was mostly like the red cheeks and the red nose. Oh, okay. Because I was wondering how deep it went. I wore like a red, like a reddish wig, too. That was like all Cindy Lou kind of thing. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Do you get tired of seeing the Grinch though? Like if the Grinch is on TV, or is one of those like, hey, I played Cindy Lou once, or like either the new animated movie, or obviously Jim Carrey's one on there. Is it kind of like that, or is it like? I'm going to change the channel now. I've done this a lot. Um, at first, when I first finished the show, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break from this for a bit. Because, like, with theater, you're doing, like, eight shows a week. Yes. Oh, yeah. So it's a lot. And I was a kid, so I had – there's another girl playing Cindy Lou, too, so we'd switch off. Um, but since we were, like, a Christmas show, we would have, like, four shows – like four show days because we were like a, it was a short show it was like ninety minutes okay. so we'd have four show days wow. so it, like it was a lot um, I remember but I luckily I had someone to switch off with because I was so young but um yeah I, now it, watching like Grinch and stuff just brings back good memories so yeah that's I, I felt the same way with uh, I did a production called The Wolves of Sher- Sherwood and it's a continuation on the Robin Hood story. So I play like one of Gisborne's uh, quote unquote adopted kids. I mean, if you take them from slavery, I guess it's adoption. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> it's like, all right. And when we were doing all that jazz, like there was like some things with Robin Hood were popping up and whatnot. And I said, you know what? I don't know if I can watch so much Robin Hood stuff going on right about now because we've lived this life for a while. And mm-hmm. I, I had like vigilante outfit and stuff like that, too. It was like a, you couldn't see my face for a little bit. And I had like this cross, these tattoo stuff and whatnot. Yeah, it's. It's a whole different world that people, I don't think, realize how much behind the scenes are in it. But, man, I love it with a passion, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, well, kind of speaking on Doom Patrol, because I know fans are going to be like, wait, what about that? Um, <laughs> we could talk about theater all day long, Abigail. I'm not going to lie. You're going to be like, hey, well, what was your fun? like?" But uh, did you get to read any of the comics when you got cast? Were they like, hey, catch up on comics? Or are you like, I'm going to go in with a little bit of knowledge sort of thing? Yeah, um, well... Right when I got the role, I, like, splurged and I bought the comics, the Grant Morrison ones, and the Rachel Pollock editions. Um, And, like, I annotated them like crazy. I love doing research for roles. Like, I always end up doing too much research, but it, like, sometimes things will pop up, like, out of the research I've done that I wouldn't have expected would pop up. And Mm -hmm. it's actually, like, really helpful to do a lot of research. And I like it because I, like... I don't know. I'm like a student. <laughs> like, it's true. I'm like the one the person who actually liked studying and stuff like that. Oh, um, you're the I, weird one. All right, Abigail, you're the one who likes studying. You're the one that got the A's in high school. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I and I did a little bit of research on the Wizard of Oz because Dorothy was initially based on Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. Yes. Um, took a little bit of inspiration from that too. Um, but. Honestly, reading the comics gave me a whole new appreciation for the art of comic books. Because yeah. the Doom Patrol comics, especially the Grant Morrison ones, are so incredible. Like, I, I've never really read anything like it. I, I, I haven't been, like, a comic book fan up until now. Um, so mm-hmm. they gave me a whole new appreciation for it. And the artwork is just amazing, too. Yeah, that's it. Like, Doom Patrol ones were always iconic for their heart for their storytelling especially Grant morrison like shout out to you Grant morrison if you're listening and you know it's 
something where they're always iconic. And so when people told me, they're like, hey, Doom Patrol is getting a TV show, I just said, that's a no-brainer. And they're like, what do you think about it? Like, it's good. It should get a TV show. And I'm glad it did because we get to talk to you and you get to get this part in it. And, you know, we get everyone, all the fans. And it's a whole fascinating world to be a part of, too. And it's it was just a no-brainer on Doom Patrol being a TV show. And I hope to get, oh, it keeps continuing and whatnot, too. I know everything's all kind of weird and such, HBO Max, all that jazz. But we don't, we're not talking about that. But... <laughs> It's just fun, you know, like it's this whole comic book world of it's fun and then seeing you come alive. But that had to be when you're doing your research, that had to be fun and be like, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, where's Dorothy? And you look at Dorothy like, oh, oh, this is going to be a fun time. I think this is going to be a lot of makeup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was honestly excited for it because it's just so cool. Hey, guys and gals. Dakota here with a quick little ad break for you. So, folks, we always know the classic saying, wear your freak flag high. Now you can because the Comic Chronicle podcast now has its own little merch line on Redbubble. That's right, folks. We have our own little merch line with some fun little logos. Of course, our Man of Steel-esque logo for the Comic Chronicle podcast you can get on mugs, T-shirts, sweaters, posters, prints. All sorts of stuff like that on there. And, of course, we sell some exclusives that you may be interested in in this new world era that we live in. One of those designs we feature is the little branding called Vigilante in Training. Let people know when you wear your mask or if you want to get a sticker version of the little iconic logo there. Rough dick looking uh, pat or stamp on there on your mask that's blue, a little dark blue. Vigilante in training. Or if you want, we have in a word bubble on there, trying to best to explain this on a podcast, in a word bubble, make comics, not war. Get that on t-shirts, sweaters, posters, a mask, buttons, phone cases, all sorts of stuff like that on there. And of course, lastly, we have Blockbuster Kid. Take on the Blockbuster logo. You know, a lot of us, like myself, we grew up a Blockbuster. Or, you know, you're a semi-medium age adult and you like Blockbuster too. You want to support the past and keep a little bit of retro on there. You can do that too. Get your t-shirts, masks, buttons, stickers with Blockbuster Kid written on there too. You can check out the store for the Comic Chronicle podcast on Redbubble. And an easier way to do so is you can click the link in the show notes below. And that will help you guys and take you straight down to it. Go to Explore Designs and see what all the fun stuff we have for you guys. See the the logos for yourself and support the podcast all in the same sense i give you guys stuff for free which is the podcast and now we give you some merch wear that freak flag high folks so thanks for tuning into this episode and without further ado let's take it back to dakota from the past it was cool and also what i love about the show is that it's it has all of those really fun weird quirky moments like the cockroach kissing the rat in yeah. season one like, where else are you going to find that? But it also isn't afraid to really, like, dig deep into our humanity and explore the darker sides of ourselves. So it has such a wide range, and it just makes people, like, feel so much. And it follows these, like, really imperfect people. So they're so relatable because they're so imperfect. That's it. They're... I think you nailed it right on the head on why it works is because the characters like yourself, um, that you play in Dorothy, Brendan Fraser, all of them, Negative Man, all of them. Rita, they're all more human. They're like, oh, they all got powers. But like, no, they're more human than you and I. <laughs> like, And yeah. that's the thing about it that I think makes it so good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's almost like you've worked on the show. <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But that had to be an interesting time, though, like acting one-on-one with Brendan Fraser's Robot Man in there. Like, that had to be an interesting time because you're just, like, looking into the red eyes and all you hear is the voice. Kind of like this podcast interview because my cat breaks a, a webcam camera, of course. But, you know, like, <laughs> but, you know, you get to, like, 
how is it with that? Like, how is it acting alongside Brendan Fraser's Robot Man in the sense where it's like, oh, I'm just looking in your red eyes and I'm hearing your voice, but all yeah, I get is red eyes. It's so weird. Um, well, man, when he's in the robot costume, is played by this lovely actor, Riley Shanahan. Um, so Brendan Fraser wasn't there that much. He came and visited set, so he's he's there for like filming the flashbacks and all that stuff, of course. Um, so I did get to meet him and talk to him a few times. Um, but Riley, I loved working with Riley so much. Um, and he also has a theater background too. So we had a lot to do. Um, we would always talk about like my favorite playwright, Sarah Rule. Um, so yes, (laughs) um, I loved working with him and Matthew Zuck plays negative man when negative man's in the bandages. And I loved working with him as well. This cast is just so spectacular. And Riley and Matt, although you never see their faces, they're so good to be able to bring that physicality and everything. It's just incredible because you can see like the scenes between negative man and robot man, you see all of the emotion, even though you can't see their face. Mm -hmm. And it just shows that they're such incredible actors because of that. So I want to give a big shout out then to Riley and Matt because they they are the real heroes because that definitely, that, yeah, to be able to encapsulate that. Like, I don't think a lot of people know that it's not like the actors who voice them behind the mask. So definitely want to give a shout out to those two folks because, mm-hmm. wow, that takes so much work to do. And it, to be able to encapsulate somebody behind a mask is always, I believe, a true talent. You know, like, you're like, you never see my face, but I'm still going to give it my 100%. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're oh. so talented. I'm like so great. I learned a lot working from with them too, because they're just such good actors. Very and nice. Brendan Fraser and Matt Balmer are incredible as well. Like Brendan Fraser, he actually was one of my inspirations to become an actor. I when I was eight years old, I saw his movie Journey to the Center of the Earth, and that's yes. the movie that made me want to be an actor. So it's cool that I'm like in a TV show with him now, like all these years later. Oh, mine is a lot more old school, and I'm in film right now because of him too a little bit. And it was the mummies, the mummy yeah, movies. Of that was the mummy it. franchise. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Shout out to my mom, Christina, because we watched those on the daily back in the day. And I'm like, if they can make this world and do this, I'm gonna be part of movie making and such. And then flash forward like 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We get to work in movies now. Um. But yeah, like that's, it's such a big icon dream thing, and. Obviously, you're doing this right now, and I don't want to talk spoilers about... We can talk spoilers about, like, episodes one through six, but anything upcoming that have not released yet and whatnot. I don't want to get you in trouble because I know you signed NDAs. That would be bad. So I don't want to do that. Um, but where would you like to go, possibly, with Dorothy? Or if you don't, if you can't talk about it, where would you like to go in TV slash movies? Is there a certain genre you want to go for? Is there, like, a dream role that you have? Um... Well, with Dorothy, I'm not going to say anything because I feel like I would spoil by accident. Fair. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Don't want that. No, yeah. no. <laughs> um, but I would love to just continue to play very unique roles um, and to play like, I want my next role to be like completely different from Dorothy. Mm. I think it would just teach me something about humanity and just a different person. You You're going to play a 65-year-old woman. Yep. <laughs> Got yes. it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Full face prosthetics look much older. Oh, 
I was just going to say, you know what? We're going to VFX it. You're just going to put a couple dots on you, and we're going to marvel this, bitch. We're going to put you, we're just going to de-age you Marvel-wise. <laughs> that would be interesting. But yeah, that's a good thing to go for. It's not going in the niche, not, you know, keeping in like, well, I'm playing the same thing as Dorothy. Like, you don't want to be typecast and such like that. I respect that. I love that because you're right. And the humanity factor of it, oh, you're, you're better than us than I am, obviously. <laughs> Because you're absolutely right. Like, you're saying this stuff I've told people all the time. You don't want to keep playing the same thing or be in that niche and whatnot. And it's good to be if you want to be. But if you want to explore more and do more and give fans of yours or even yourself mentally a lot more, it's always yeah. good to play different characters. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It, playing different characters, you learn something different about each person you play and just something about, like, people and i don't know i really like learning like i said before i'm like a student at heart <laughs> what was your well i'm curious now since you mentioned this a couple times like what was your favorite thing as a student because mine was history and science what was yours oh my favorite was definitely english Engli- yes <laughs> english too that was the class that was an easy a for me yeah i i loved writing and i loved um studying poetry too um, I still like read poems every so often because I don't know they're like artsy words I guess it's not bad I mean it's not bad at all oh who knows maybe like in quarantine you come out and be like hey folks I'm Abigail and I have a poetry book like who knows you could have that who knows <laughs> yeah who knows in this world anymore but yeah like I you know what though we were coming near the end of the episode because I don't want to take too much of your time today Abigail because I know it may be other stuff and whatnot you are it's only 9 a.m for me but oh. it's like 12 for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, nine is fine. Trust me. I've done, I've talked to friends of mine who work in comic books and in France and Argentina. So there's sometimes I've had to do meetings at, and especially for the ones of my comic book company when the artist is in the Philippines, I've done meetings at 12 at night or 12 in the morning, technically. And wow. then like getting up at five in the morning to do like a little one-on-one conversation with somebody I know at Mark DC and they live in Argentina or, uh, yeah, France was a fun one. Italy, too. That's so cool. Well, I know what getting up early is like because yes. I had to get up early to get the prosthetic makeup done. Like, one time I had a call that was at, like, I don't know. I think my earliest call was, like, 3.45 or something like that. And, which, and I was, like, an hour away from set, too, so I had to get up, like, ultra early. Oh, I've, I feel that hard. There was one time where i had it was we worked 18 19 hour days in filming for this movie and i played a i worked in costume department and then i also had to play a german soldier too so i'm in this world war one german soldier getup for about like 19 hours in the day and so they're like where's dakota oh uh go to the art department right over there and he's the one walking around in a german uniform don't be scared or alarmed one night he's probably sweating <laughs> game busters right now but yeah <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. So I feel that, and it's like a two-hour drive, and I'm like, okay, you get a couple hours of sleep. It's like, okay, I get one hour of sleep. <laughs> Let's make it good, shall we? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I know all about it. But Ariel, where can people find you out on social media if you have any? I think you have a Twitter because I think I gave you a follow the other day. Yeah, my Twitter is Abigail underscore Shapiro, and then my Instagram is also Abigail underscore Shapiro. Sweet, sweet. Was well, there any things you want to tell the fans at all before I let you go? Oh, um, get ready for a wild time in the next few episodes. You tease. <laughs> you tease. I mean, I, I get it. Gotta tease the, gotta tease your show. But uh, yeah, fair, fair. 
Fair. That's a classic. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. You sound like me when I people ask me questions about my comics. Like, what can we expect? Craziness. Is that it? Yes. yes. <laughs> because I can't spoil anything. Because I like you, I've signed a lot of contracts. So I cannot say a word. Yep. Um, and I'm always afraid I'll accidentally spoil or pull like a Tom Holland or something. Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh no! And you know, speaking of that real fast, so you know, behind the scenes, he got yelled at. And they're like, oh, everything's fine. And secretly, there's like, you are in trouble, Tom. <laughs> or, yeah. or Mark Ruffalo doing that accidentally thing where your phone's on, you accidentally live stream like 15 minutes of your new movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Do you remember that for the yeah, background? about that yeah oh that's a nightmare of mine (laughs) that is a nightmare it's like i accidentally call someone and they put it out there or it's like i accidentally do a facetime or whatever or instagram live or something and i have a meeting about a movie or tv show working on or because i'm doing some stuff on netflix that would be one of those things and it's like uh oh the code is trouble now i'm gonna go to argentina and hide because i'm in trouble (laughs) Oh, well, again, Abigail, thank you for coming on to the show and taking some time out today. This has been a blast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Of course, of course. And without further ado, though, I will let you go. And to the fans out there who are listening, wherever it may be, usually quarantine, hopefully, if you guys are smart, uh, then make sure you guys stay classy, my fellow comic book fans.